Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. News team, assemble! For the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Featuring site publishers Carrie Murdoch and Josh McQuistian, along with videographer Eddie Radosevich. It's the unofficial 40 on Soonerscoop.com. All right, welcome back. It is the unofficial 40 here on Soonerscoop.com with a lot of changes in store to come and uh, we were actually doing the show today without uh, Josh McQuistion, who's been on vacation uh, this week, and uh, he's going to be back uh, later tonight. So next week, we have a lot of changes in store for you. Uh, Eddie Radosevich is here. Uh, Bob Prisbillo is here. I know a lot of people are like, don't change the open. Don't you dare change the open. There's going to be some changes in the open. Uh, I, I would say that you're still going to get that, that uh, fine tune that everybody likes. You're still going to get uh, a little anchor man. But uh, things are changing. Uh, we're welcoming in a new set of sponsors. Uh, it's been unbelievable, uh, the response that we have. I don't think a single sponsor uh, that uh, our guy Craig Parrish and I worked on said no. And like, every, I've never been so excited to be a sellout. Uh, we are whores, uh, officially, coming up I next week. So Never been able to be called a sellout. Uh it's it's going to be one of those deals where not only are the sponsors allowing this podcast podcast to continue, uh, they're going to make sure, which I know a lot of people are going to like this, there will not be a week we go without a podcast from here on out because people are paying us to have a podcast. We are, what is it, 10 days out from a post-game podcast. We are going How to start the post-game that? podcast also. And I want to tell you guys, uh, I will have a link up by the time we podcast next for you to go and subscribe to the post-game podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, all that stuff. Uh, so you will need to subscribe to a second podcast if you want to get our post-game analysis. Uh, we're going to be podcasting on the road. Uh, we'll be podcasting at home. But those podcasts, by Monday morning, when you're heading to work, you're going to have a post-game podcast to listen to on the drive home or Sunday evening, afternoon. Uh, you want to hear our breakdown of the game? It's going to be available. And... That's going to be thanks to uh, Eskridge Lexus uh, up in uh, Oklahoma City. Sunday, as you drive home hungover from Norman, it's with a perfect. The scaries. Yeah, with the scaries, it's a perfect uh, combination. Although, that Maybe first, drink that last four loco that's been hiding in the back of your car. <laughs> that first game being 11 o'clock Saturday, uh, are you still driving home Sunday? Uh, I think there will be a lot of people that are driving home on Sunday. Don't want to mess with it on Saturday night or legally can't party legally harder. not allowed to drive behind you, the wheel you party harder after the game to make up for i would think saturday night tailgate. would be a big night in norman first game day yeah 
Maybe even the starting quarterback would go out to the bars and buy some people drinks. He has plenty of money. He does, and he is a starting quarterback, and Lincoln Riley named him yesterday uh, in this fashion. Damn it! We will still have these problems on the new podcast. I can tell you that. Here's what Lincoln Riley said. It was pretty, you know, pretty simple, honestly. I don't know that there's some elaborate breakdown, you know, that we have. I just think he, as we looked at the whole body of work, thought that he was just slightly ahead of Austin. And uh, so it was a, a very close one. Uh, like I told you guys the other day, it was very close. Stayed that way. One of the closest that I've been involved with. They both did a tremendous job. At the end of the day, you know, only one can do it. And uh, we'll need them both to be successful this year, we know. And uh, so, but Kyler's going to be the guy right now. He's going to be the guy right now, which means don't suck and the job is yours. It was it was kind of funny that we have there was I guess from the program side they had built this like it's a, co- a quarterback competition and it's a battle and you know everything Lincoln that we've heard that, yeah. that it was a a decent competition. I think, I, I think Austin Kendall played great during this uh, preseason, but there was nobody out there that thought Austin Kendall was going to be named the starter. Yeah, like there was not one person on record saying that they thought he was going to actually be named the starter. It would have been more shocking. Yeah, if he wouldn't have been when named, yeah. Trevor Knight was named over Blake Bell because I oh, kind of sure. thought Blake Bell would be the starter. He'd kind of earned it. He'd been the apprentice and the belldozer, and then Trevor Knight was named. And I was like, huh, that's interesting, because you had a lot of reports like. Kind of like you do now. Like, you never really know. I mean, people come up with bullshit all the time. Oh, well, you know, Blake Bell is definitely the best quarterback in practice. I mean, there's so many people that, I don't know. I It just, it's funny the, 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 the rumors and innuendos that come out of a preseason camp when nobody can see anything, so you have to report on, you know, second or third-hand information. Yeah, and I mean, I do know just talking to people you know, around the program. And I did know, like, everyone was going to be surprised that had seen any practices if Kyler Murray did not win that job. I mean, people were complimentary of Austin Kendall, and they say he did good things, but... And I'm not even saying people said he was dominating in scrimmages. I just think everyone who knows football and watches those two and knows what Kyler Murray is capable of, just, just... I mean, they just thought there's no way that he, he he shouldn't be the star. Does 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 it come down to just the fact that you can't the 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 speed factor with Kyler Murray and what he can do with his legs oh. separates you so much? Yeah, and I thought they were kind of postponing things to make Austin Kendall look even better. Because if you name Kyler Murray right then and there, you're sort of giving more credence to the people that say this wasn't a competition. By moving it, even if it was just a couple more days, you're saying, see, this really was a battle, and Austin Kendall can be the guy if there's any hiccup. Also, it's a real pain in the ass, Austin, to transfer when classes have already started. I, I, I don't think he would. I think he's, <laughs> I mean, he, I, th- I think now the possibility, and it's going to be a little bit interesting what happens during the spring and if Spencer Rattler gets to campus and everything that goes into that, but... I mean, how close would he be to a graduation, Austin Kendall? It depends on how much work he's put in the classroom because yeah. he was a 2016 mid-year kid. 
He seems like a guy that has it together enough know. that could be a guy that graduates. I don't have a I don't have a quality read there. Oh, I I think he is a very calculated person. You know, I didn't know. Like, Ken, is he Sam, is he Sam Bradford though? Is he like that type no, of student? Smart? No, I. But again, let's. Kendall Thompson I don't think graduated are, in three. I don't in, think these guys are necessarily years. taking the hardest engineering classes that the Price Business School. Well, it's can like offer. you can take. Look, I was a terrible. I graduated from OU. I, I mean, was a terrible student. I mean, <laughs> they gave me a diploma. <laughs> but like you know, it's like kind of like the multidisciplinary studies thing. You can take different tracks in that. Yeah. Like, uh, who was it? Uh, Eric Mensick or whatever that was went on HBO Sports. Oh yeah, his and trash the whole program. That kind of set the precedent for uh, for what we're seeing at College Station with the uh, the transfer that. Did you see Trevor Knight A&M came out and defended A&M today? Oh, did he really? I didn't see and that. He and he yeah. and Christian Kirk were talking yep. about Really? Yes. Like Christian Kirk quote tweeted Trevor Knight basically saying, stop blame, blaming A&M. For you not playing. Because you suck. That's basically, I mean, and people aren't going to hear that because I'm and I'm all for throwing A&M under the bus, but I think that's kind of what happened. I mean. It's a bitch move. It It was. He wants to get eligible immediately, and he decided that he could throw on throw a bunch of people under the bus. Although I feel like, I wonder if someone was like, "Yeah, go ahead and do that. <laughs> go ahead." Uh, well, there's a few quarterbacks to watch in terms: can they graduate in three years? And you look at Kendall, look at Shane Bouchelle, Texas, Jalen, uh, yeah. Jalen Hurts, Bama. Mm-hmm. You, know, I don't know. It just depends how much time they've put in if they can figure it out by the end of this semester. By sure. the way, that's another... I'm not saying Kendall and Murray were a sham quarterback controversy, but that Alabama quarterback controversy is a sham. Like, Nick Saban hasn't named a starter. We all know Tago Vailoa is the guy there. You would think so. I mean, they know what Jalen Hurts can do. He, he's reached his ceiling. And I think Jalen Hurts knows that because if he was in a true competition... I don't think he would have been talking shit about Nick Saban and the coaching staff two weeks ago or a month ago, whenever yeah, the season started. He knows what's up. Uh, but, okay, so, Bob, you wrote about this today and kind of what has to happen now moving forward in that quarterback room. If I'm Austin Kendall, I, I, I do kind of feel that there's a little bit of sense of hope, like, okay, this is a new system for him. I mean... He's got a lot of things on his plate. I mean, let's see what happens. Let's see how good this kid is. You hope he can just mentally bounce back, because that's what I asked Lincoln about yesterday. Is This is the second year in a row you're giving some terrible news to this kid, and you got to wonder, especially in today's age of quarterbacks, that transfer, if they're redshirt freshmen and they're not even playing, how much longer can Austin Kendall withstand this, knowing that if, if he can he looks like the guy for 2019. Even if Spencer Rattler does come in, it's hard to think that Rattler could beat out Kendall, who'd be his fourth year in that system. Just look at what's happening in Stillwater right now. I think they're, that's kind of a perfect example of, in a way, of what could happen in Norman. Just Austin as far Kendall as Kendall is the next Taylor Cornelius, maybe a little bit. Just in that he's going to be so familiar with the offense. Spencer Rattler, I mean uh, Spencer Sanders, shows up, and I mean. It's tough to for a true freshman to catch on, and it's going to be a little bit different for Rattler if he's able to be an early enrollee. And in fact, I would even say if Spencer if Spencer Sanders would have been a early enrollee, he might have been pushed for the starting job this this season. He got but, there about as early as you could in the summer. Yeah, I think he was a June one guy, yeah. like immediately. He might have been up there at the beginning. But you're of May. right; it's not the same as but being it's, going it's through different. Ball. I mean, yeah. it's just going through and actually getting reps in a practice has to be different than going through seven on seven during the summer. 
Uh, here's the thing about Kyler, though. Uh, if I'm a backup hoping that he screws up, Kyler actually has started a Division One football game against a power conference. It wasn't, and, and it won. wasn't at North Texas. No, it was like South Louisiana Carolina, Tech. South Carolina started the game threw like twenty of twenty eight for like two hundred and fifty yards or I, something like that in a touchdown. I think him and Cam Newton are the only people to ever. What's the what is it? I, I need to look it up, but I think they're the only guys to ever start a game and throw for over two hundred yards and rush for a hundred yards in a career debut, maybe hmm. in SEC history. I'll look it up and see what the actual. Uh, it, yeah, yeah I Cam Newton thumbing through his passing totals. I didn't even look at his rushing totals for that game. But I mean, everybody remembers Austin, or Kyler Murray is the guy that got disgruntled and quit. It wasn't because he wasn't playing. I mean, by the end of the year, uh, he he was basically one of their best quarterbacks. What was it uh, Allen was hurt, and then Allen came back, and I think maybe they played the Jake Hubenick guy or mm-hmm. something ahead of him, and he got upset about that, or uh, and it just turned into a real weird deal. But I mean, Kyler Murray played well as a true freshman, a guy just out of high school in the SEC. Cam Newton and Kyler Murray are the only players in SEC history with at least 100 rushing yards, a rushing TD, 100 pass yards, and a passing TD in first career start in the last 20 years. I mean, not that's not, not bad company to be in. No, because Cam Newton's kind of in the NFL. I think the biggest thing for Murray is going to be something that I think a lot of Oklahoma fans really took for granted was just the ability for Baker Mayfield not to turn the ball over. And he got he, he, he had to work toward that, too, though. Yeah, I for mean, sure. I mean, he, he turned the ball over a lot in 2015. Yeah. Not a lot, but more than he did in 2016 than, of he course, was as a senior a last taker, year. Yeah. yeah, and it came to a point the last two seasons where you expected him to not have a turnover, and you were more shocked when one did happen yeah. compared to when it didn't. And that will not be the case this season. Well, they start with Florida Atlantic. They, I mean, that's where Kyler Murray is going to be the starter. Uh, we were talking, I, I asked him yesterday about kind of Baker Mayfield's start to his career, too, because, I mean, Baker wasn't an instant, like, you didn't watch him and go, oh, that dude's a Heisman. I think it was still, oh, well, this is a guy that was a walk-on at Tech that lost his job and couldn't take care of the football and, you know, is he really that guy? And he eventually became that guy after that Texas loss that year. But here's uh, kind of my discussion with Lincoln Riley yesterday on those lines. Lincoln, how do you, how do you move for, moving forward, how do you kind of have to manage expectations? Because, I mean, you look at Baker's start, just good against Akron. But it really took that second half of Tennessee before he kind of started becoming who he was as a quarterback in this offense. Do you – you kind of have to manage, you know, any kind of frustrations you might have early on with Kyle. Well, you know, we're in a different time and place, but but I do think it is important, yeah, for ever for all of us to keep in perspective. I you said the second half of Tennessee. I mean, it's really the second half of the fourth quarter in overtime, and then we had a couple games. I think we played Tulsa here, and he played pretty good. You know, didn't play well at Texas. I mean, really, the first half of that season was just, you know, was just okay offensively, quarterback, all of the above. Some great moments, some not great moments. And second half of that season is where he started to take off. But then again, he was also dealing with, you know, a brand new offense at the time, as were all those other offensive players. So our expectations are high. You know, we've got we've got good players around these guys. These guys are good players. Uh, you know, our expectations offensively, I would say, are right where they've been here for the last couple of years. And remember that Texas game, that offensive line was terrible. Is that the Josiah uh, St. John John's tipping, tipping off? Yeah. Tipping it off. That was the weirdest. Derek Farniok started that game at left tackle. That I was think. a very 
it's always weird when you get a post game at OU Texas, and especially for the losing team because you have to catch them up in like the. I don't even know what that is. Not a four yet. It's, a, it's, it's like a, a concourse. Area. Yeah, like the concourse. But it, that was one of the weirdest post games ever. I if only and, and I could. I mean, of all the games, and I think I think Lincoln has said this before. Like that's the worst called game that Lincoln Riley ever had at Oklahoma. Yeah, he Texas game did not. Eh, I guess you could it's say one game. He might have pissed down his leg a little bit. It was a. It was a, a big. For his first big major game. There are people out there who are still blocked. By Lincoln Riley. <laughs> for for that game? For that game because they tweeted at him to run the damn ball. And Texas was so terrible. They were like one in three at that, that point. That was Charlie Strong, game. right? Was that yeah. Strong's yeah. last year? Yeah. Uh, if, if, if the board could talk, I would love to go back and see the comments about Baker Mayfield in the first half of that Tennessee game. Exactly, because there was a lot of chatter. Oh, it's time put in Trevor Knight. Like Baker, Baker wasn't the guy. I was driving around uh, last weekend. They're replaying all the OU games or whatever, and it just happened to be the OU Tennessee game. And there were some drives in there that were just god awful. Look, I I watched every play in that damn eight and five season the year before. I knew Trevor Knight was not the answer. Like when they were showing, and I'm so glad I was at the game and didn't see this, but at the Tennessee game. When they were showing Trevor Knight on the sideline, and I could kind of see it through the corner of my eye in the press box on the TVs up there, all I kept thinking is, don't you dare put Trevor Knight in this game. I don't care how bad it is. I don't care what's going on with Baker Mayfield. It's insane how, If they don't score another point in this game, that's fine, but do not put Trevor Knight in this game. We know what Trevor Knight is. Even if they lose that game, I mean, beyond taking Baker Mayfield out, it's interesting just like, how would have things have changed in the in that moment, or maybe for Mayfield? I don't know. It's it just, how hard it is to be. It's a crazy. I mean, the, to to one be decision able to could stick have to it like effed that. everybody over. Yeah, especially in this day and Sensor age. What, what's going to happen if Kyler's not clicking on all cylinders in that first half? I, I think people need to. Well, Lincoln's the kind of guy. I mean, Lincoln's the kind of guy. He will stick with it. He's yeah. not going to panic. By the way, can I say this? It is really nice because we've gotten used to talking to Lincoln as the head coach so much. Like yesterday, I felt like we were talking to offensive coordinator Lincoln for the first time in a really long time, and it's kind of nice because he kind of he kind of lets the curtain lets you see behind the curtain of what it's like to be a coach instead of being kind of on guard about all these general questions that he gets about. Jordan Brand, you know, North Carolina, Ohio State coaching staff. Like, he just kind of got to talk offense a little bit yesterday, which I got thought was Got to cool. talk football. Yeah. Well, there were other coaches around the country that wished they could have talked football yesterday. There are other media who wish they were covering football instead of press conferences yesterday. What a shit show. Urban Meyer might have just stepped to the top of the podium for biggest scumbag on this. I've earth. never seen somebody so arrogant. Like, I knew he was He's arrogant. He's capable of murder. I believe that after yesterday. I, I 100% believe that two things. One, he helped Aaron, Mer- Aaron Hernandez <laughs> hide a body. And B, I have no doubt in my mind now, looking back on it, that there was some stuff at Florida that I was about to come out. And he just said, you know what? I'm going to step away. And it's about to come out. I, there's going to be so much digging in the Bowling Green and the I, Florida... I couldn't believe that he 
he looked so bad before, and they man they managed they to let look him worse. Talk. Yeah, <laughs> I mean he's a f-ing idiot. That has to be said. Deleting text messages that are more than a year old. It's the it's the old kind of cliche saying like you say one lie you have to keep it up and tell more lies to make the the first lie right just from the the grading the press conference portion of it and grading the media in the press conference i don't care who you are or how much you want to pander uh or how much of a homer you are this should be rule number one in any press conference setting you don't get to ask the guy who is under fire how he's doing personally. Oh, yeah. You the, don't the get to ask that question. Urban he's Meyer, the not victim. the victim. I forgot here. about that. And that question was asked before anybody even brought up Courtney Smith's name once. It was amazing. I've never seen... I was disgusted. And then the comments and like the investigation that they they put in... It was a big par putt for Tiger. Uh, the... The stuff that they put in the investigation, just as far as like, basically, and I'm paraphrasing, we know he lied, but he just didn't mean to lie. Yes. Was basically what they said. Hey, it was. was (laughs) He takes medicine that sometimes plays with his memory. The same goddamn coach that has been championed as a guy that remembers every play from the 2008 OU Florida National Championship game. It was collusion. It was collusion. I don't understand how people don't get that. I really couldn't say collusion there. It's not that big of a word. Conspiracy. I think it's a conspiracy. <laughs> like, well, you're a truth. The, the football director of football ops going to him to find out how they can get the text message deleted off his phone, yeah. that is a conspiracy. And that was his first instinct. Yeah. After to, hearing to it all. Everything. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. How do I get rid of all this? And then I mean, just although the, that guy works for Urban Meyer, he won't have a job if Urban Meyer's not there. Oh, the, he did his job trying to help yeah. him out, but it, now that it's all out, though, it just makes everybody look so bad. Well, here's the thing: if they will cover that up, what yeah. won't they cover up? Yeah, exactly. What recruiting violations? Oh, recruiting violations are minimal are they covering in, compared up? to what is going on right now? And the whole thing about it too is is. And I, I probably need to check this before I repeat it, but is it true Zach Smith never had a 1,000-yard receiver? Like, we're not talking that, about a that guy that just... That has been reported. I, I haven't looked We're not to talking see about it. a guy that just true. produced Boletnikoff winners every year. He was a piece of shit, and Urban Meyer stuck up for him because he, he was Earl Bruce's mentor or whatever. Earl Bruce was his mentor. Right. Yeah. I'm glad that guy's dead. <laughs> You think Earl Bruce, if he were still alive, it would have just been like, uh, yeah, you need to get rid of my grandson. He's a real bastard. Yeah. Or at least I would have hoped so. It's just the whole thing has been incredible to me. It really is like a good fellows of college football. And every, it's a mafia. If, if anything, if you can't take any pleasure out of it, I think the entire, anybody that pays attention to college football realizes what kind of just scumbag Urban Meyer is. Like there's no defending. And here's Urban the thing, Meyer. like here's Ohio State and look, their fans, they're gonna have a deplorable aspect to their fan base, like all fan bases do. I mean, we saw it with Joe Mixon at Oklahoma. Yeah, there's for sure people that should not be proud and people that you probably don't want rooting for OU if you're a 
sensible, reasonable OU fan coming out of that thing. But what I take out of that is just just watching the way that it all unfolded is it, it I'm just disgusted. I mean, it's like all all these people I think feel like they can they're justified in doing whatever they do because oh, the SEC cheats. Like yeah. the worst person to and I'm going to give him credit. I've never given him credit before in his life. Paul Feinbaum nailed exactly what Urban Meyer looked like reading his statement. He looked like he was a hostage being forced to read a statement. Yeah. Because he didn't want to take any suspension. That was the word all throughout Wednesday. He was, no, I've done the time served. Now I'm coming back. But if you're ESPN and you're throwing Paul Feinbaum out there to comment on this directly after it happens, it's just like, that's that's the reason Ohio State feels like they can do whatever they want. It's because the SEC has their own you know analyst on your network that just defends the SEC all the time. And everybody knows the SEC, I mean, most people spell it with a dollar sign. It's like people just say, they cheat in the SEC, that justifies us doing whatever the hell we want. And I feel like that that's Ohio State's attitude. There, is, Urban Meyer's attitude. there is an arrogant, untouchable, like... It, I, I guess the the whole thing to me too was just shocking that Ohio State people in charge at Ohio State signed off on stuff and were like this is what we he want. He didn't lie to deliberately. Like, I mean, it was I, it I just was literally like that. Roger Clemens' lawyer at the congressional hearings. That was their that was their search committee actually or their PR department. Like this is what you want to present to the public when he was allowed to sit up there and say he didn't know about his wife's text with Courtney Smith. Just somebody should have thrown a shoe at him. Like, that's a lie. That's a straight up lie. But it also let you know that that's the kind of shit that the investigators bought. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And if you're willing to buy that pile of shit that he didn't know his wife's friend was going through all the stuff she was going through. It's insane. What kind of investigation is that? I think... uh, It's a sham. I think it was Faux Polini that put it out there, but... It was kind of funny, and it said something to the effect of, so you're telling me Ohio State investigated Ohio State and they found nothing wrong <laughs> or didn't want to ruin their own program? It's like, yeah, basically what happened. No, I mean, it It, it sends a clear message. Football is all that matters at yeah, Ohio State. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so he misses the first game, and then he's allowed to coach all through the week of the next two games See, we can't I coach even, Saturday. I haven't even figured out exactly what the the yeah, penalties are I, here. I think that that he basically He can do everything has, except be at the games basically. Right. He can run practice. He just can't be there on three game days, two of which or one of which isn't even in Columbus. I mean, it's in Arlington against TCU, but the other two are I mean, they're going to win both of them. Did I did, did Ohio State just kind of go, "You know what? We suspended it. We we kicked the coach out of here for tattoos." We're never going to be that way. And what's funny is, is Ohio State media and Ohio State fans will point out that Jim Trestle wasn't fired for the autographs. He was fired for lying about it. But Urban Meyer is this this saint of truth. He he did that, but we're not calling it lying. He just misremembered. Yes. You misremembered. Because of medication. Jesus. He forgets facts sometimes. It's incredible. And then when he says that never happened and he actually knew that it did happen that's not really lying not deliberately i i just i don't know i mean it's 
it is what it is. They're not going to go back and and do everything. But I am interested to see people aren't going to stop digging. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing is like the, the other thing that I saw from a bunch of uh, media, national media folks was. You know, you expected this investigation that they didn't release the findings until after the press conference because you figured that it was going to be some kind of hundred page document or something. It was 23 pages. That's where all this information is coming from. The 23 and it's pages. Horrible information. I mean, it makes it look terrible. There are, there are and, a lot more questions that need to be asked. Well, they released it after the press conference. Right. So like you couldn't ask the right. questions that were now brought up because of this this document. And it looked like. It lo- it honestly looked like Urban Meyer had he had no schooling on what was going to be asked of him almost like the but yeah did you see the what, shit with him like re asking or having them re ask questions and stuff I just they literally had to ask him they ha- the reporters had to bring up Courtney Smith at the very last question of the press conference he's a he's an asshole I I would take a bullet for Tom Herman before I ate dinner with <laughs> Urban Meyer. <laughs> Not a fatal bullet, but just a bullet. Yeah, like it's something in the leg or something. Yeah. He just, it's tone, he's tone deaf. Or he's just arrogant and he doesn't care, which I think is probably the case. I think he's just without a soul. He just doesn't care. All right. Uh, let's get back to Oklahoma. Quarterbacks announced yesterday. Uh, Lincoln Riley was asked about a lot of different things, a lot of different aspects of Kyler Murray's game, one of them being his legs. And running and, you know, how often he wanted to do that. I think I was responsible for the part of the transcription in our transcription pool. And I had to transcribe that question. And I did it like, you know, somebody, I think it was Hoover that asked the question. But he's like, it's 20 times too many, six times too many. And I just kept listening like, I like 11. What about 17? It was 12 too many times. Like. I don't, it's ridiculous to try and put a number on something well, like that. Well, I don't that. think that Lincoln Riley doesn't go into a game and think, okay, I'm going to try and run the quarterback. I mean, does times. he? I, I don't know if he does. I don't think he does. I mean, I think he probably looks at he tendencies probably have and an has, idea. he has an idea that these plays will probably work or he sets up. The, like, everything he did with Kyler Murray last year was were set-up plays in the run game. Like, right. Uh, the, the option back to Kyler Murray against Ohio State. Uh, the play against West Virginia, the very first play of the game. I mean, everything was kind of setting up something else. Yeah. So it was he, a specialty he, use. He doesn't have a chart listed 1 through 20, and then he just crosses off We're going 14 like, today. What do you want to run here, Lincoln? Well, we we already ran it 12 times. That reached our allotment for the day. Here's uh, Lincoln Riley talking about all this. Yeah, it was pretty, you know, pretty simple, honestly. I don't know that there's some elaborate breakdown. No, that's not what I was looking for. Uh, here's Lincoln Riley talking about this. What's your fear factor right now, your fear level of letting him run, letting him be the athlete that he is? I don't I don't coach with fear. You know, this is football. Things happen. Um, guys get nicked up. Guys, I mean, it's, it's just part of the game, you know, and you just, I think that's why you recruit hard. That's why you have people behind them, uh, because if you, if you coach or play scared or, or with fear, then, you know, it's hard to be very successful. I think you also got to be smart. You know, Baker was a great example. It took him his first year. He took a lot of shots that were absolutely unnecessary. And uh, so that's something that you've got to grow from. And so there'll be maybe not that. There'll be different things that we're going to have to learn and grow from. That's, that's part of the process. But, you know, no, we're we're not gonna we're not gonna let fear take control of us. There, we're gonna we're gonna be aggressive. That's always been our mindset. 
Baker, two concussions his first year at Oklahoma, one being the last play of the game that year against Clemson. He took the helmet to the knee. What was the linebacker's name for Clemson? Oh, uh, Ben, ben Bowler? Ben Bowler. Ben Bowler. It's on the tip of my tongue. Um, and then the TCU, the, the Ty Summers hit that he took um, that was pretty dirty. And But, I mean, he, he, he figured it out. I mean, I, Kyler is, like, Baker kind of had that, you know, he would go up against anybody anytime. I think Kyler's a little smarter about it. And he's, he's also more elusive and faster. Oh, I would say that, and it, it's a very small sample size, and, but even looking back at A&M, he's so fast. He kind of is almost like a step, well, not kind of, he is a step faster than everybody to the effect of he can kind of elude that. Mm-hmm. that big hit or that bigger hit and he can drop his body down and it probably helps that he's a little bit smaller too but and with that said he's probably gonna get knocked out of the first game now because i said that but uh, <laughs> no but i mean there are some the, guys that, that he just, just has a good feel yeah. for it i mean there are some of those guys like i remember you know quentin griffin was a guy that never took a direct hit mm-hmm. like there are some of those guys I wonder if it's that the, just, kind of the same idea he was a little bit smaller stature a yeah. little bit faster than everybody else but some of those guys just have that you know body control or body lean or whatever and they just kind of, I've never seen Kyler Murray take a big hit. And he's going to go out of bounds way before Baker yeah. ever would. Yeah. Baker was kind of stupid. <laughs> and I can't wait And I can't wait for the first time that he does that. And somebody tweets me or tweets you, Bob, or tweets you, Carrie, and says, he's just thinking about his baseball career. Can't get that extra yard thinking <laughs> about his baseball career. That is definitely going to happen. Especially if he has to punt. It's like a fourth and one or something. Baker would have put his head down. I could see Kyler being that guy that's just like, look, dude, it's fourth and, th- you know, it's third and three. I can only get two. I ran out. It's like, Shit, man. How am I, how am I supposed to track point? down balls in center field with a broken back? <laughs> I Yeah, I mean, he's just, he's that, he's one of those cool guys. I mean, just. He handles everything very, I don't know if smoothly is the right word, but. He has a very calm, like, I was talking to one of my buddies about this the other day. It's like the comparison between, like, the swag or confidence that Baker carries and Kyler carries, they're very similar, but they're, they're, it's, it's very different at the same time. Externally, it's very different. Right. Internally, you kind of feel the same. About they have the same, guys. yeah, drive, desire, whatever you want to call it. And it, it's, it's kind of strange. By the way, uh, I'll, here, you guys give me your take on this. What, what's a post game press conference with Kyler Murray going to be like? Mm. I'm pretty dull. Yeah. I mean, he Sorry. Did, he would never really say, like, I guess the only experience I have with him is just post-game with baseball. But if he had a good game, he was always in a pretty good mood. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he'll he say stuff. And it, and it might be different just because baseball is kind of a weird, very informal setting. Yeah. Uh, but he was always down to joke around and stuff. Like, he, he has a good sense of humor. He's going to be put in that podium. And there's going to be all those cameras around. And it's just going to be... I got to get better. There are things I did good, things I got to work on. I don't, yeah, I don't see, uh, he might, but I don't see Kyler Murray taking shots at Joey Galloway like Baker did. He didn't really take shots. He just said he didn't know who he was. That's a shot. He knows who Joey Galloway is. (laughs) Right? I was the one that asked him that. I know. (laughs) He's like, I go, I said, do you uh, see Joey Galloway's comments? He's like, who's that? Like, well, what was uh, that? That was after like one of the first games this year or this past year. 
Yeah, I think it was because he was saying that Baker never has to make any hard mm. throws. Oh, that's right. Mm. I forget. But yeah, I was like, uh, ESPN, everybody knows him, college game day final. I thought like the main like vibe of yesterday, though, was definitely, and it, it's weird to say this, but Kyler Murray has to prove people wrong, almost, that he's not this five-star bust that oh, he's got, nationally people think he is. He's got more than enough. Like, he has more to prove than Baker Mayfield did in an odd way, and he's the five-star and Baker was the walk-on. Yeah, here's the thing. I mean, like, Kyler, it's a very similar story to Baker's. Out, If you take away the high school accolades, two very similar stories. D- both got uh, disenchanted with their previous school. Both transferred uh, to a school close by. Uh, you know, one was at Lake Travis. Did, did they win one or two state championships when Baker was there? I think they won one. 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 His junior year. Okay. But Kyler won three. Never lost a high school game. Never lost a high school game. 42-0 and 0 or whatever. 43, but no one's counting. No one's keeping track. <laughs> uh, and but, so, anyway, both get upset with their former programs, transferring to Oklahoma. Both have now sat out. It's been very difficult for them to go from you know, the center of the, the college football universe to sitting on the bench. And, like, you could tell, like, that was the most excited. I mean, you talk about Bob, you know, he's, you're right. His press conference is going to be boring. But yesterday was excited as I've ever seen him behind a microphone. By far. Not even close. He did seem to have some enthusiasm. He had a little smile on his face. That's what I thought throughout the spring in the last year or so. There was really just no personality on his face when he was going through this process. But he did... Because he knew he couldn't play. Yeah. You know, he didn't want to let you kind of into any kind of disappointment he might be feeling, I think. So he was back to being relaxed and comfortable. And yeah, I thought for an 11-minute session, it it went pretty well. Obviously, it's a a huge honor for me. Um, You know, something, you know, I've dreamed of. Uh, I've been working hard since ever since I got here, you know. It's the moment, you know, since I've started playing, I've been working for this. So uh, for me to, you know, be named a starting quarterback is obviously a huge honor. And, uh, you know, I know the standard, you know, of the position at this uh, university. So it's my job to uphold it. And what a, I mean, what a weird thing for a guy to be up there so excited about being named the starting quarterback uh, at, at Oklahoma, and he's not even getting paid for it. Like he's been introduced to the highest level of sport as a, a number one draft pick for the Oakland A's, signed a contract for five million dollars, and he was really happy that day. I mean, I remember seeing the mm-hmm. video, the press conference, and stuff, and uh, he was at ease and and happy, but. It was like the same guy for for being the, named the starter at quarterback at Oklahoma. It'd be so awesome if Scott Boris would have been there yesterday. Like, we will not be answering that question. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been so cool. Surely he'll be coming to games and stuff. Oh, I would think so. Well, could uh, it might be an NCAA violation for him to like just come as a, he could probably come as a fan, sit in the well, yeah, and sit in the stands. Like, I don't think like, OU could give him a sideline yeah, pass I don't or think anything they can like give that. Him a pass. Be really funny if by the uh, way the Murray family bought a suite at the games. Did you uh, did you notice when he was asked about you know did he call his parents or whatever he said I told my people yeah yes that was, awesome. that was a good he call, texted man. his people 
his we representative. Don't, don't know who those people are, but he texted like, them. Usually, his guardians. Like Baker had to get people. Like he had to graduate, or you know, had to he had to finish, get drafted, or you know, go into the draft before he could get people. And he pretty much had his people right after the Rose Bowl, but. Kyler already has people. That's one up on Baker. Yeah, that was, that was pretty funny. I'd notice that. I wonder how long he's been referring to him as his people. I don't know. He's paying those people, too. Like they his are, payroll's they're probably, always around. His payroll is bigger than Sooner Scoop's payroll. <laughs> it, probably, it probably is. <laughs> I'm not lying. Well, you can do that when you're... When you're getting paid the big bucks, like he is. Um... It's going through here. I think, I mean, as far as the press conference goes, I mean, that's, you know, that's kind of the fear thing. We didn't really elaborate on that, but I thought that was probably the best quote of the day from Lincoln, just talking about how you can't, you can't play with fear. You can't call a game with fear. That was kind of that offensive coordinator, Lincoln, that I really liked hearing from yesterday. And also, Lincoln says, well, we didn't also name a center at the same time. No center, so I guess we focus our uh, shift our focus to uh, center and safety, and I, I think almost safety is more intriguing than actually what happens at center, because I think both guys at center are capable. Now I I was I had some funeral stuff to do this week. Uh, I missed the defensive uh, interview, uh, but I know you guys were kind of buzzing about talking to Ruffin for the first time on camp. Yeah, Bob, you you spent a lot more time over there than I did. It's just more about the fun sayings that he has compared to like the actual X's and O's or the depth or the the depth chart. You know, just talking about Lincoln growing as a head as as a head coach and just you know re- reflecting back on on his thirty nine years as a, he's just a fun dude to talk with. Mm-hmm. Then you realize, wait a minute, he didn't really tell me all that much but i mean they're definitely fired up he about got the, you with this folksy wisdom yeah he did he does and he's just they're fired up about the depth of the line clearly and he just the way he prays kenneth man is actually something i hadn't heard before it's just a dude that had no reps in columbus against the buckeyes forced them to start to play him because of the way he was performing in practice to then becoming one of the difference makers during the second half of the season and just how excited he is for him to step up in a bigger role, full year with Amani Bledsoe. I mean, he does make it sound like that de- that defensive line is going to be leaps and bounds better than they were the last couple of years. It's insane to think about all the guys that actually have experience up there. I mean, you can list off four or five names before you even get to Marquise Overton. Would you want to? I'm not as down on Overton as as I am as you are. I mean, I think he's serviceable. He's third. Yeah, he'll, he'll compete. He'll compete and give you more than Matt Romar or uh, I mean, not Matt Romar. Charles, uh, Charles Walker. Walker will. Well, Matt Romar too. And throw Matt Romar in there as well. I mean, I they at least have depth up there up front. Uh, and Kenneth Mann is certainly probably the most intriguing, just as far as things change a lot for him this good, year. He goes a, from a role player to a guy that needs to make plays. It's a good thing Devontae Lampkin is in a camp right now or a that just piss you off. Yes. Oh, if he was Him just like circling yeah, around it, doing nothing. Yeah. yeah, if he wasn't with the Titans and just chilling back home in Houston. Yeah, it kind of pisses me off just thinking about it anyways because he could have worked his way into a, I don't know. They'd look really good Could he have good worked right into now. a second round? Maybe I think he would have had high. a really big year this Third year. Third or fourth. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was really trending in an upward direction. He was starting to play really well. 
he I mean he definitely if 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 he's back and your starting bunch is you know Bledsoe and Lampkin and I guess whoever you want to throw in there. I'm telling you, I think with Bledsoe and Man, has there is they there got too much chance. hype around Bledsoe? Like, has I he would shown say there's enough? no hype around. There, no, Bledsoe. yeah, I don't think anyone's really realizing what I, maybe Bledsoe's that's just in my own brain. Maybe that's just in my own brain, and partly because they brought him to Big Twelve Media Day. But I, when you like, even like the uh, you know football previews and stuff, like your SI preview or whatever. Monty Bledsoe's name was the first one that came up on was the defensive it? side of the ball. I don't read magazines. So, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Whatever. I'm anti. I'm I'm like the opposite Eddie. I only read fine literature. Sorry, sorry, Andy Staples. I read. <laughs> I'll read it. Was the Andy Staples article? Yeah. Was he? He's been in town. Has he been in town? Not during the preseason. He was no. here during the spring, the and spring. then he did his That's XM right. show down yeah. at. No, but I. I mean, as far as man goes, like I asked Calvin Thibodeau a couple weeks ago about it. He lit up about him, too. I mean, it's like they love him. Mm-hmm. So I, I think with he and Monty Bledsoe, if Monty Bledsoe makes that jump, which I still think he needs to make, and then you see what happens with Neville. But I I think that nose guard's going to be such a rotation. I don't know if you're going to ever really have one star there. And Gall- Gallimore wasn't bad on Tuesday. And Ruffin did give the the two deep in terms of the tackle. It'll be Neville, Dylan, and Q. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Falmatu Fal kind of gets Dylan's lost. A, he's I a mean, player. he's a guy serviceable. I like him a lot. The perfect like, every serviceable time player. He's been in there. You see him making something happen. Yeah. They just need Gallimore to be the Gallimore that be a U.S. I think Army everybody thinks he can be. It just, I mean, he even said it on Tuesday. They need consistency out of him and it hasn't been there the th- first three years that he's been and you stay healthy consistency and stay healthy and then i think everything opens up i mean are I, we getting some addison gums late push or i would say it's more ryan jones than addison gums but that might just be me from listening in and out of things wouldn't that be two separate positions yeah, Ryan is outside linebacker. Oh, Sam and Jack. Those, I get those yeah. mixed up. But Sorry, no, Jack there was, nerds. There wasn't Mark a, Jackson and and uh, and, Gum, Gums. and Gums. And then Nick Benito, I think, is out there with them too. That's right. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of linebacker talk. A lot of, I mean, we had Robert Barnes, Khalil Houghton, and I'm not saying that's a sign that that's who the two starters are. But it sounds like Justin Broyles has been banged up, and Robert Barnes said first time ever he went through a camp healthy. Didn't miss, That's huge. Didn't miss one day. So he's feeling very confident. Obviously, coaches have raved about Khalil looking better than he's ever looked before. You could see that. Hear the confidence in his voice on Tuesday. So I'm not saying that Jordan Parker and Justin Broyles aren't going to play. But if Lincoln Riley finally feels comfortable enough to let Robert and Khalil into the room again, that's usually a pretty good sign. And often, I mean... He's talked about this. He's playing as good as he's ever played. I don't know what that means. I'd like to see it. Yeah. Because what I've seen on the field is not impressive so far. I mean, it is still funny, though, the way that Mike Stoops talks about Buki and just like. Gets a little glint in his eye. He's their best player on defense, is the feeling that I get. And he has not recorded a tackle, he's not played in a game. I think he's probably done more in practice than. Everybody in that secondary put together, yeah. That's that's incredible. 
Who's going to be the other cornerback? Well, that was there any Is talk that, about that on Tuesday? Not really. I mean, I think you know, Parno Motley obviously has one side locked down. I think uh, as a collective... You know the guy that has got lost in the mix in all of this, I feel like, is Trey Brown. Well, yeah, yeah he's, he's the guy uh, I think we all love because we're all recruiting people. Mm-hmm. And we know you know what kind of speed he has. Did you see that thing they put out? Like, I think it was on Benny Wiley's thing. Uh, or maybe it was Trey Brown. I don't know. But I guess they had tracked him at like 22 miles an hour in that first scrimmage oh, really? or something. Like that was like the fastest on the team, and Jesus. I mean, that's the thing. We watched Trey Brown for three years at Union, and then Trey Norwood was like the ultimate last-minute guy from mm-hmm. Arkansas, just be added to the class. So, or yeah. Zach Sanchez was kind of that way too. Of course, he was a Baylor commit, wasn't he? Yes. First? Yeah. We've talked to Norwood a couple times, exactly. But so I mean, Trey Brown is just that guy that he has that burst. I mean, we've all seen it. I remember watching him. When we when they first started doing that Under Armour Speed Challenge, and when you watched him run down that back straightaway, like I was literally blown away. Like people's jaws were hitting the floor. Like the players, like he has a, a gear that not many people have. He showed it last year. Ran down Cavante Turpin. That's a great play. Yeah, I mean Turpin's fast as hell. It, I guess, I mean. Can't really get anything ironed out until they actually start making. I guess until we actually see something. I mean, I think that you know they feel really strong. We talked to Tim Kish and, uh, you know, Delarin. Is it Delarin? Delarin. Delarin. Yeah. Delarin. Delarin Turner Yell is kind of the freshman leader of the group at the at the safety position. You have Ronnie Perkins on the defensive line. There is a lot of hype for the way that Deshaun White has handled things. We were able yeah. to talk to Tim Kish on Tuesday, and uh, you know it, it was kind of interesting that Deshaun White and Brian Asamoah are backing up Kenneth Murray at uh, the mic, and that kind of and that kind of leaves Levi Draper. Yeah, you're sort of wondering what, what's up with Draper behind Curtis Bolton and Caleb Kelly at the uh, will. Yeah, he's kind of lost in the mix right now. It seems like, and uh, Tim Kish didn't really say like exactly. That leaves him in the in the middle of everything, but he just kind of said he'll contribute on special teams. But we're excited for his future. Yeah, I I mean I gotta wonder like just losing that year of upper body. I mean, because you look at Levi and he's he's gaining, but he's not there yet. I mean, yeah. but I mean, we've seen him in high school. We know what a special athlete he is. I mean, when he gets it down, if he gets it down. He's going to be that guy that's instinctual that can get sideline to sideline. Just needs to. He, I just don't think he's there yet. And maybe that's part of it. Maybe in fall camp, the physical grind has started to wear him down a little bit. Because I mean, people were they were talking him up earlier in camp. Yeah, he had a great spring. Led the team in tackles in the spring game. I know you can't put a whole lot into that, but uh, it was. I thought it was interesting though. I think it says more about what they were able to do with getting Deshaun White at the end of last cycle as opposed to what Levi Draper hasn't done. Like, Kish was pretty upfront in saying Deshaun White is leaps and bounds ahead of where Kenneth Murray was at this time last season, and it certainly helps. I mean, the guy played linebacker in high school. Kenneth Murray didn't. How crazy is it that we are getting ready for game week? Finally! Yeah, it's it's here. It is crazy. Is everybody officially recharged? Yeah, it usually doesn't really hit me until... Like, like you're in the stadium? Well, or like Friday or Saturday. Maybe Monday when we go for uh, 
the noon presser. The noon presser. Get back in the swing of things. It's going to oh. be, uh, it's it's your hell week, basically, Eddie. Yeah. This is your first week doing radio. Well, let me tell radio, you, I finally decided yesterday that I was going to take a nap. And I was like, man, this is going to be great. I'm going to take that a work great nap. You? And I woke up to like 50 text messages. Kyler Murray had been named the starting quarterback. I was like, God damn it. I can't <laughs> believe that happened. I'm, I'm kind of scarred now. That's how it happens. I can't believe that happened, though. Like, I like I even had, like, the Kyler Murray, like, you know, tweet that he'd been named starter because we all mm-hmm. kind of figured it was going to happen. And I, like, had it saved in the scoop draft folder. And, just, like, all I had to do was wake up and see that. <laughs> I was doing yard work. I threw, I threw down the water hose, came right back in. I'm glad you, you're all over it. I was just finishing up my funeral, having some Taco Tico. The Durant one? I mean, Durant. Duncan. Duncan. Yeah. Still thriving? Very much so. There's plenty in the fridge. So, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, we all raced back here. It was they good had to, get to kind it of race it together. I was glad they got it out of the to way, get it though. I mean, there was no reason that thing, that thing needed to linger into, you know, the end of the week or next week or whenever. I guess it did. It was the end I of the I wonder, week. like, I do wonder... Why Wednesday? Like, I Why guess they, they just decided, okay, we have to start working on something, you know, related to either Florida Atlantic or Army or something that was going to make it more important for them to do yeah, it. Yeah, like Monday was, there was nothing that changed from Monday to Wednesday. Yeah, like, they didn't have Tyler didn't scrimmage. have a great practice yeah. and they're like, all right. Or at least I don't think that's what happened. Well, that was the thing. I mean, it was like, and the, and that question came like, you know, what's the difference between pretty days? pretty quickly too? I mean, they knew. It's like we talked about to start the podcast. I mean, it's it's middle of the week. You're getting close to game week. I think everybody can understand, but you're still it's it's far enough away yet close enough to where Austin Kendall doesn't have a lot of time to really think about. Do I still need to be here? So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure it just was one of those things like they felt this was... Because that thing that happened Monday morning when people started tweeting out, uh, faculty members started tweeting out that stuff with Kyle. Mm-hmm. Like, they, I'm sure Lincoln had a decision on Monday. I think, yeah. But I guess maybe he just wanted to wait because he did say that he called him up yesterday and actually told him. I kind of figured he might have told him, he would have told him before, before yesterday. Well, look, and that's the thing. It's like... I don't know that anybody came out and was like, I don't think anybody did. Nobody that's respected, I mean, came out and said, Kyler Murray is going to be the starting quarterback at Oklahoma. Because it it doesn't matter until Lincoln Riley tells those two quarterbacks. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Until he tells them one of you is a starter, it's not official. And that had to happen before it could become official. And that happened... Wednesday morning, and they tweeted it out, you know, about as quickly as they could. So it's not like they found out Sunday and the team knew, but yeah. it was just floating. It wasn't out dragged there. out. Yeah, they took care of it pretty in a pretty timely manner. Is there is there a player that has been getting a lot of hype through the preseason camp that you're just not buying it, like? A.D. Miller. I was A.D. Miller's <laughs> on top of my tongue. I'm sorry. They continue they, to say that he's AD had a, just an incredible 
incredible preseason. The only times that we've been out there, like I sat and watched A.D. Miller because I was with the offense the very first practice. He dropped like three passes. Yeah. Even in you know the little video t- clips have been shown on Twitter for each each uh-huh. guy, Miller's catch is it goes through to the hands and it hits his chest and he catches it back. He still catches it. It's just dramatic effect. I think it's. Uh, I think they're toying with the video. I will tell you, I I, I buy into Drake Stoops. I love the I idea the of Drake Stoops being a player. I love either Drake or Isaac. I think that would be awesome. Just a fun story. Here's a guy that I haven't heard his name mentioned, and I wonder why. Rambo. I've actually heard his name more than this guy, Michael Jones. Yeah. He seems like one. he's been banged up. I think that's right. There's been yeah. a lot. I think both times we've been out there, he, he has hasn't not. been out and, and mm-hmm. dressed up, which is kind of normal for him. Like he seems like he gets banged up a lot because he had what the shoulder situation after the end of last season. But you thought he should be ready to roll. So I'm not quite sure. Michael Jones is kind of in that, and I guess it's kind of unfair because if he has been banged up, but it's like. When you look at, you know, obviously C.D. Lamb, Marquise Brown, Grant Calcaterra, your three that come right off, right to mind. But, I mean, how does Lee Morris fit into this? Because I think he's going to play, right? Miles Tease. Miles Tease. Basquin. Bat- Nick Basquin is a guy that's been, I mean, those that trio of guys has certainly been, I don't know about forgotten about because I don't know if they've done enough to, I guess, elicit to be mentioned amongst the other three. But it is going to be interesting to see how it all works out. And I think that. If we know anything about Lincoln Riley, they're going to, or Dennis Simmons or Kel Gundy, whoever, they're going to give plenty of guys opportunities to catch footballs. Yeah. And there's a big list of guys. I mean, like you said, Bob, I, I'm curious to see. I I want them to play well in the opener just because I want to see a lot of guys yeah. at receiver. I want to see Charleston Rambo. I want to see, I'd like to see TJ Pledger, but I don't think we will early. Yeah, he kind of, that's a, the running back is really interesting because, I mean, obviously Rodney Anderson and Trey Sermon are going to carry a lot of the weight. And then Lincoln Who's seems to be, be set on Marcellia guy. Sutton as the number three guy. But Kennedy Brooks, I think, can do some good things. He's got to learn how to catch, I think. That seems, is that what his, it you think really that's what does. His it seems is? like that's going to be the deal with Brooks until he learns how to be a complete back. I'm not sure how much time he's going to see. And he's had the injury, so. Mm-hmm. He's still not a year. In the weight room will do him some good still, but I mean, his red shirts burned. So, had a chance to talk one on one with Sutton on Tuesday, and he just mentioned all last year was just basically a waste mentally. He was not there. He homesick. He was banged up. He th- he's ready to show what he can actually do. I'd need to see a little bit more from him. Then, yep, because yeah. I'm not a buyer. Not based off last year. No, no. I thought he ran the ball pretty well. I mean, again, it was the spring game, so we can't really yeah base a whole lot off of it. But, I mean, I guess is there any concern about tackle? I think there's so many people that just think everything's going to be fine. But no, I definitely, I'll be honest, I, mean, I, think there, I think there's reason to be concerned with Cody Ford moving out. Yeah, because he's an interior lineman. Right. And I, just, just see, it, I would say probably the biggest disappointment that's going to talk about in camp is probably Adrian Ely. Yeah, you really haven't heard a whole lot of and him. And I think he's another guy that's been banged up. And we asked 
Bill Beatenbow on Monday just about you know where they were with some of those young guys. Tr- Tremonda, he literally Brander, he basically laughed at me when I asked if Tremonda Moore could. <laughs> he, he laughed could, at uh, you could ab- contribute. He laughed at you about Moore, and then he told me this year for Bray and Daryl, no, <laughs> no. I think he has high expectations for those guys, but I mean, at the same time, it was about startling would be the right word, but it was kind of like, oh shit, okay, well, cross them off. For you now. know, offensive line is, is it's that position where you can leave, you know you'll probably leave after your junior year if you're going to be a high draft pick, but you're still probably going to redshirt. I mean, because just because you have to almost in most cases, like Bray Walker's big enough, but is he? I, I, I've seen him, he's surprised me with his athleticism a little bit after, I remember when he came in for OU's elite camp and he ran a 40 and he looked so stiff and I was like, oh my God, that guy looks like an ogre or something. And the more I watched him as he got older, it seems like he's, you know, his bend's got a little bit better, just looked a little bit more athletic. So I think he's a guy that probably still could use a year, kind of figure that part of it out, work with Benny Wiley some more. Tyrese Lott's a guy. I mean, I'm, you know, they, they kind of stopped talking about him. Thibodeau's as camp went on. mentioned him a couple times yeah. here and there, but but I think there were a lot of high hopes for him in preseason. It seems like those have been tempered a little bit. Yeah, you know, I, it's funny. We've talked about Isaiah Thomas and Lincoln's brought him up back to back scrimmages, and then Mike Stoops kind of downplayed it. Did he considerably on Tuesday? So there's still guys above him. So he just needs to keep putting in the work. Mike Stoops, not an Isaiah Thomas. Because who who's the backup to Kenneth Mann? Is it, is it already Perkins? The way they talk about Ronnie, you, you would kind of be led to believe that's the case. Because Lot is behind Bledsoe. Like basically, but they Perkins said Ronnie Perkins up is too, though, because he wasn't dressed out on the second media viewing that we had. Correct. I don't really know whatever happened there. I think a lot of those guys were just. It's kind of precautionary. Oh, yeah. They hold guys out all the time just because it's... Buki didn't go in that second scrimmage. Right. So... It'd be interesting. I, I'm, there are so many question marks about... Like, I, I think OU could be really good this year, and I think, that, you know, obviously they compete for a Big 12 title. I think they can get back to a college football playoff. There's just so many unknowns about highly regarded players that we don't know about. Like, if they come and they play up to the level they can... I don't know. I mean, maybe they can compete for a national title, but right now I just think it's it's asking too much to say this guy, this guy, this guy is all going to be really good and everything's going to be fine. Monday's going to be good because that'll be Lincoln Riley's press conference. We could actually ask him questions like what true freshmen are going to play. Mm-hmm. And so then we'll know. And we can ask him, you know, I don't know if they'll release it too deep. I hope that they will. They'll do the show again. I guarantee it. I'm sure that worked out well for them last when year. When was that? Like a Wednesday afternoon or something. See, but it, I thought that we got a depth chart Monday. No, I mean, that's why people were, were, were mad, because there wasn't one. Do and, your damn depth chart show this weekend. I mean, let us have a damn depth chart on Monday. That's ridiculous. I'm watching it anyways. Good thing right. Sooner Sports TV is not a sponsor. Uh, you have I a whole never, bunch of beer never watch that to stuff. take home, Eddie. I know. I'm excited about it. I'm not excited about you have carrying some, it over the elevator. You have some taste testing to do. Yeah, we can do that. I'll have to do that this afternoon because my bedtime is pretty early these days. Afternoon day drinking? Yeah. 
was almost late this morning. You guys were both close. tweeting. It was close. You guys were both tweeting pretty well into the night. Well, well last night. My my body couldn't go to sleep after the Urban Meyer thing. It was like I just it was kind of like yeah, you said, Bob. I had to like stay online to see see all these other people shitting all over Ohio State. It was too much fun. Or the Ohio State supporters, like that guy from Bucknuts. Oh, oh my! Taking God. shots at Nicole Airback or whatever. Oh my God! What an idiot! What an idiot! I will say this: I mean, like we're not void of idiots of fanboys on our on our beat. No, not at all. But, but Ohio State might take the cake. They have like seven thousand websites. Yeah, and they let anybody and everybody in, don't they? Up there in Columbus, yeah, seems like they do. I mean, that was a. I, yeah. There was a lot of people there for that press conference last night. God, we're just a bad... We, I mean, us, media, we just look so terrible on TV. It's just sad. Like, nobody's doing this to get rich. No. <laughs> like, that's what becomes apparent when you get that wide shot. And nobody, nobody can... Everybody's poorly dressed. There's Yeah, nobody Not well-groomed. Nobody, no, nobody's as suave as... Like a Dusty Dvorak on television, yeah. wearing the awesome suit. Now the TV people, you know, yeah. they've got to be, you know. Oh, you're talking. You're looking. talking about like print and me and internet. Yeah, and more like, so than yeah. And it's like the older you get when you're in the media, the worse it gets. Like, and so even the young people look frumpy. I mean, yeah. like the the kids at the Daily, they do great work, but it's just like I don't. Everybody looks frumpy. Eddie's kind of the king of it. I, that's fine. I'll take that, I think. <laughs> been said worse before. I'll be busting out the suit next Saturday. Bob tries. I'll give that to him. I'm going to go buy some uh, Peter Millar shirts this weekend. The last time I wore a suit to a press conference, Bob Stoop stopped me and asked me if I was trying to get a new job. Got your resume, Gary? Okay. I was like, what's wrong with my job? I already got, Bob. You saying I need to do better in life? Do you remember when? <laughs> when that was? It would have been maybe like 2007. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I definitely wasn't around. Yeah. Because I would have remembered that shit. I think I had to take a photo for the magazine I was writing for at the time. And instead, it, so in very, you know, magazine fashion... They weren't going to pay for me to go to like a studio, so they were just like, "Hey, our photographer's going to be there. We'll just have you stand against the wall, but wear a suit." So it's like, "Oh, it's on me to be the one that's." You have to carry here. the photo. I'm the one that has to carry the photo. <laughs> I had to this. carry the photo. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't ask me to bring my own light kit. Yeah, my own studio lighting. So yeah, I mean, next week's going to be a lot of fun. We'll be back into the grind. Bob will kind of be in the grind this weekend. You got uh, alumni basketball, basketball indeed. Oh yeah, the Blake Griffin unveil or the uh, what are the dedication? Yes, dedicating we got a tour of the center coming up 10 a.m. Saturday. It's a full weekend. Too. Then 11 a.m. will yeah. be the dedication, and that's open to anybody. The tour, obviously, that's just media. And then the game itself is at noon. Doors will open for LNC at 11. And you'll have Blake, you'll have Trey Young, you'll have Buddy Heald. So that's nice for OU to promote. And, of course, you'll have a lot of the usual guys that we see during this uh, weekend. Okay, so OU hoops, like, 
I've not, like they're getting in on a lot of guys, and they're they have to. They need. They are they getting have six the, seniors. They have yeah. To. They are. I mean, but they're. You see all these guys and our hoops guys, Eric Bossy and Corey Corey um, Evans. Evans Evans do a great job. I'm always getting tagged on this hoop stuff. But is this like a is this like a cat chasing its tail? They're going to be like the first place loser for a lot of these guys. Maybe on Harmon's not making a big splash with some of these he's guys. He's trying, but I mean, it just when I look at all the guys that they're making top ten and top five list, I don't. I'm maybe one or two at the most. I feel like yeah, they actually have a legitimate shot at that guy. Now a lot's going to change with this next month. With September coming around and all the four home weekends for football, OU's going to bring 13 official visitors for basketball throughout wow. the next month. Because that's how many spots they have open. They have six seniors. They got filled out somehow. Wow. So they're bringing a lot of people, and I think by October... And Harmon comes up for all this stuff, too, doesn't he? He'll be coming yeah. up this weekend, yep. And um, I'm sure as many times as he can, he'll be trying to make that drive. Preaching the gospel. Yep. Uh, since you are going to work this weekend, I'm going to give you this because I know you like free stuff. It's not an official show sponsor. It's a sports animal. Well, you work for the franchise. This is bad. It's a Johnny's Charcoal Broiler gift Johnny's Charcoal Broiler. That I have just sitting around. May I say it? I gave one to the B guy that came the other day. It's hard to beat. Hard to beat it. It, it's. I think it's an Oklahoma thing, too, because I have so many friends the from Texas tremendous. that just don't like the cheese. They don't like Johnny's because it's shredded Velveeta and there's a ton of it. Yes. I give me there's give me so more. Much. Give me more. There's not enough. Like I I have to take there's some off. Enough. I'll admit. I now when I get the Frankfurter, it's it's an, it's fine because the chili with the cheese is magic. Johnny's is up there as far as it, I don't know if it'd be my last meal, but it would be in the in the in the talk. How often do you get the baked potato? Never. Oh, you're insane. <laughs> I get burger and onion rings. You know how cheese... Their chicken, chicken like, sandwich is pretty good, too. I guess when you get older, you appreciate the fact that you can go through a drive-thru and get a real baked potato. Yeah, see, not I'm... Like a Wendy's baked I'm not potato. Much of, I'm not much of a baked potato guy to begin with, so... See, our sponsorship starting next week, so I can <laughs> say whatever I want this week. That's By the funny. way, uh, Coop L Works is uh, the beer supplier that's got all the beer for Eddie. My fridge is already I'm gonna stopped. save. We need a. This is why we need an intern because I'm. I need somebody to carry this up to my apartment. See, and that's why, why we can't have an intern. <laughs> this is why because you will just abuse the intern. You will treat the intern like it's Rush. Yeah, I saw a kid with a Rush shirt on yesterday or a couple days ago in the union. I almost thought about making him buy me something. You've been going to the union a little too much. I'm concerned. Yeah, now Crossroads is going to be closed. I saw that. That's terrible. Dude, that is messed up that kids are never going to know what it's like to go to get some cheese fries at 1.30 in the morning. (laughs) Actually kind of pissed off about that, but probably should have seen that coming with all the... Yeah, Galilee is... Yeah, you fire a couple of Meredith's professors or whatever. Yeah. I could care less. No, he's... You take away Crossroads at 2 a.m., that's messed up. But he's the whole cafeteria thing is changing under him. Yeah. Like he probably came in and saw what a big waste of money that was. Oh, that probably his first thought like this thing's open 24 hours a day. Why? <laughs> and we have to staff it with people? Yeah. I wonder how many people are actually going in there though, like per night. 
Oh, I would say like, and granted, this is how much eight or would, nine years ago. How much would justify it? Was it, too. it was bumping. Yeah, it usually is from like, mid, thurs, like Thursday through Saturday mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. or Wednesday through Saturday. Yeah. But would they be open like Mondays and Tuesdays all night? Yeah. Yeah, they were twenty four seven. Twenty four seven. Three six five, I think. It was it was it was a fun place. There's nothing like calling a pledge at one fifteen in the morning. Go, get cheese fries. go buy me cheese fries with your card <laughs> and then leave it on the doorstep and get the hell out of here. <laughs> get the hell out of here. It's called hazing, isn't it? That is very much hazing. I love hazing. <laughs> Oh, and that's why people love you, Eddie. That's true. Because you're a 30-year-old fraternity brother. 31. 31-year-old fraternity brother. Never change. Never change. It's gonna, what, at what age does this get sad, though? Uh, Well, I mean, if I was like... 35 has got to be the cutoff. Like, yeah, you've but gotta, if I was hanging out at like 747 every weekend... That exa- would, right. Be that kinda, would be different. That would be kind of creepy. At Logie's. Yeah, like going and playing bingo every Wednesday at O'Connell's or some shit. That would... I'd be like, all right, you need to, you need to Brothers is officially gone now. No, it's still there. They just moved locations. It they moved it over to the Step Brothers building, which so is so they north open of up Brothers. Corner. It's the Step Brothers building now. Yeah, that's at least that's the way I understand Crossing it. The service station, and then Kong's is going in where yeah. Brothers went. So Kong's is just moving down the street. Well, Kong's was never. It's a. It's oh, been I'm an thinking of the city. tavern thing. Okay. Oh. um... Not Joe's Tavern. Yeah, that's I think I that's thinking. closed now. Okay. Joe's was awesome. Yeah, that was good back in the day. That was back in my day. Best part of Joe's, well, there was like two or three things. One, kind of a cool little spot. Although Smaller. when I was in school, like Brothers was still a really big deal. Oh, Brothers was still big when I was in school. The yards and everything. Wednesday night at Brothers during the summer. Yeah. There was no bigger night. That's kind of sad. These kids are ruined. Hey, they've ruined bars. Millennials have ruined bars. <laughs> Just like they've ruined Hooters. Yeah, exactly. I saw that. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Let's face it. Hooters ruined Hooters. I yeah. mean, their food is awful. Compared to a place like Twin Peaks, it's not Oh, my God. Comparable. Twin Peaks is magic. And I know you're not saying that just because, because you I'm pay to. Because I'm a fantasy football it, ambassador. It is there, good. Right? Twin Peaks is money. It, no, it's, it's excellent. In food. fact, I would... Sometimes I'll say, let's go eat at Twin Peaks just because the food is good. Not even to go look at tits. But they're there if, if they you, are there, you want them. They are there. Can't confirm. My only, the only thing I don't like about Twin Peaks is I'm a very generous tipper. And yeah, so you, if can't you're, be, you can't if be like a super, slime bag up there and leave like a $2 tip. That, yeah, no, a bit like if you're pretty like I'd look at and your you bring all, me food. Night and, I don't know what you just said, but... But if you're pretty and you bring me food, and I've had a couple of drinks, like I'm probably about gonna tip you whatever my bill was. I just it's fair. It's creepy. It's fair. So, all right. Well, I'm excited. Next week, uh, there will be new show opens. There will be Bob Presbillo pronunciation guides. Uh, we will have all kinds of stuff going on. We're gonna have some uh, segments that uh, actually make it more professional, but they're going to be a lot of fun. And uh, we may even be getting you guys involved, listeners. Uh, we are going to start another podcast. If you're listening now, it's you know on this Wednesday or Thursday that we're recording. It's not up yet, but check this weekend and we'll pimp it next week. But we're going to have 
uh, uh, post-game podcast. And we talked about it will have its own uh, iTunes page, Google page, all that stuff. So you'll need to subscribe to that along with this main podcast, which it's will probably for the long timers will probably you know refer to it every once in a while as the unofficial forty. Uh, it's going to have a, a a big title sponsorship name to it though, but just because uh, it helps us continue this podcast, as we said, it'll help us uh, help you get these frequently every week without interruption from now on. So we're a professional podcast now. So no more of this, you know. We might, might not. We don't feel like doing it shit stuff anymore. We have to. It's a job. I love it. So anyway. and I think everybody else will love it as well. No, I think everybody's really going to enjoy it. Uh, and you're going to get more podcasts. So that's kind of hard to beat. So anyway, uh, looking forward to next week. Thanks to Bob. Thanks to Eddie. I'm sorry we missed the yell talker today. He's out uh, drinking exotic drinks somewhere with his wife, living their you know fantasy lifestyle. And we'll be back next week, me and Josh, hitting the road as high school seasons will begin yeah, as well. Yeah, all that getting going, too. So uh, we're even going to be making some trips uh, down to Dallas in uh, Lexus vehicles. Thanks to uh, Eskridge Lexus. Shout out. You know what's crazy? I, and it somehow it popped up on my calendar today. We leave to go to Ames, Iowa in like three weeks or like a month. Yeah, we're already booked. It's crazy. That's the third game of the year. I guess that's the craziest part. And it, I mean, it, like Florida Atlantic, UCLA, Iowa State, that's a hell of a way to start a season. It's a great schedule. Until they lose one and then it's, <laughs> F this. Yeah, we would have to probably have another drunken podcast if they lose to Iowa State again. From Ames. Because it's a 11 o'clock game. Man, that's going to be... That better not happen. All right. Uh, that'll do it for this uh, edition of the uh, Unofficial 40. Uh, thanks to Eddie. Thanks to Bob. Uh, we'll be back next week. Press conference stuff. Post-practice stuff. It's game week. We're getting ready to go. Appreciate everybody listening. Go subscribe uh, if you don't already. So make sure you get the podcast. Tell your friends. Uh, about the unofficial 40 uh, if you haven't or they're not listening or you just know that they like good stuff to listen to. And uh, we'll be back next week right here on the unofficial 40 on Soonerscoop.com.